Hey, this morning I want to invite up our phenomenal guest speaker this morning. Can we have a huge round of applause for Pastor Merlin? <laughs> Pastor Merlin is here from Headland Christian Church and it is a privilege and an honour to have you here, sir. So good. So good. That's all right. You can just talk. We'll take care of the rest. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, Merlin and I have a bit of a friendship history, don't we? We go way back. Yeah. We were, we were hanging out at the Matt Dan Theatre. What? How right. long, how, when did you start working there with us? Uh, before the COVID time. Before COVID time. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. still remember carrying those massive speakers, putting them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Some of them bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> we're pretty tall, right? Got a muscle to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're a tank now, man. That's awesome. That's so good. But no, sir, it is a privilege to have you here this morning. It is incredible. And I just love that we get to do this journey together in another environment now. It's Thank amazing. you. So that's it's so a privilege good. and honor is mine. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mel. Enjoy. Good morning, church. Please have a seat. How are you doing today? I really praise and thank God for this opportunity that God has given to me to uh, share my heart with you and to actually share this moment with you and share God's word with you. It's a, I take this as a, a privilege and an honor. So yeah, Pastor Brad, the honor is mine today. So I really thank God. I've been doing this for quite a while now, but the nerves is still there. So would you stand with me one more time? Just uh, sorry, I, I, uh, I should, have not tell, should have not told you to sit down. But if you can stand with me, we're just going to pray together and read the scripture. Just to honor the Lord and give him praise for all that he has done. I'm going to read to you Psalm 133, verses 1 to 3. It says here, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. To dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of iron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. Pray with me. Dear God, our loving Heavenly Father, this is such a beautiful time together to share this moment with you in your word. So we just lift up everything to you, to your Holy Spirit. Lord, come and have your way. Take your place and do what you alone can do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please have a seat. Thank you, guys. Part of the reason I'm here with you today is because Pastor Brad and I shared a vision, a wonderful vision of seeing churches in Headland united. Hallelujah. So Pastor Brad reached out to me and initiated, the, I reckon, the most wonderful uh, gesture of unity. And you know what that is? To entrust his pulpit to me. And so because he's done that, I am now also entrusting also my pulpit to him. <laughs> and you know what's the best part? If he's coming, if he's going to come and preach to my church, I'll have a wonderful time going out fishing. <laughs> and maybe, maybe four-wheel driving out bush and uh, just enjoy myself and just let Brad take over. <laughs> Yeah, that's the best part of it. I just, well, just, just kidding aside, you know, I, I hope you guys um, know how awesome your pastors are. And I'm sure that you do. 
I just hope you guys that at this very moment, can you guys help me just to please uh, honor and just, just to praise and thank God for your wonderful pastors today. Yeah? <laughs> Pastor Brad and Jackie for their heart and for their hard work for the Lord. So today, I want to share with you a very dear topic uh, for me, and that is unity in the body of Christ. And it is in the perspective of, of an outsider. I don't mean it in an in a, I don't mean it as an outsider preaching to you on what you do to be united, but as an, a perspect, in the perspective of an outsider looking to us as his church. And uh, how the importance of being united together in the cause for Jesus Christ. And um, to start with, I just want to play a video for you, if you can just please watch this, and then we'll continue on. Thank you. Thanks for that. Church, when there is unity in our lives, there is harmony. And when there is harmony, life is pleasant. Life is enjoyable. It is like in our worship today. I don't know if you've noticed, music team playing different things together and playing one thing, one song at a time. But what you'll notice is that they are united. There is harmony. And when there is harmony, you sense beauty, you enjoy it, and you are drawn to the presence of God, and you are just blessed by it. It's the same thing when there is unity amongst us. There is harmony, and when there is harmony, there is beauty. The Bible tells us that when we are motivated by our love for one another, we become united. And when we dwell in unity, there is a blessing that is released from God's throne that flows into the church. And we begin to experience what righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We enjoy our fellowship with one another in the kingdom of God. That is why in this beautiful psalm, it is written to, for us to remind us of how powerful unity is. It says there, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's verse 1, Psalm 133. So in the perspective of people looking at us, they behold beauty. They behold pleasantness. They enjoy. People are drawn into us because we are united. And what more 
Does the scripture say that God looks to us and behold us with, with beauty, with pleasantness, because we are united, and therefore God commands a blessing. God commands a blessing when he sees that. Verse 2 is uh, something unique. It says there, it is like a precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron. I know. <laughs> I, had the same exp- I had the same reaction too because I couldn't relate to that. It's like a 4,000 years old uh, expression uh, written uh, in the ancient time. We couldn't relate to it. But, you know, you just try to imagine oil flowing down the beard. And that's supposed to be a wowser for us. Like, wow, oil on the beard. <laughs> I couldn't relate to it, but uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to be a wowser for us. When people dwell in unity, there is beauty. So church, when we are united, listen to this. I'll repeat it again. God commands his blessing to be released to you, to your family, to your church, to our churches, to our community. So this is why Pastor Brad and I share the same vision, to see churches united. Because we want to see God's blessing overflowing, being released from God's throne towards you towards our family, and towards our community. And who knows what we can do for the community when we are united? I think sky is the limit. And who doesn't want to live a blessed life, right? Remember this, church, unity is magnet. It is a magnet to God's blessing. If there is unity, there is blessing. That's a simple equation. So this message is about how do we become united, and the title of the message is One Anothering, One Another. We have heard that, and we have read that so many times in the scripture, hey. But I tell you, it's a genius concept. Whenever, and whoever invented that word, and I think it's Jesus Christ, it's sprinkled in the Old Testament like a a salt in the popcorn, 101 times in the New Testament, one another. And it is so important that the word is used, as I've said, 101 times because it glues together the verses that make up Jesus' words and the apostles' instruction, how we can live our lives united. And the word, the key word, or the magic word, is one anothering. And I I reckon it is the building block of Christian community and provides a detailed blueprint for successful and thriving relationship between us, between churches. So the the word in Greek, it it is alelon. Um, I have a, a half sheet of paper I gave to someone. I think some of you have got it already. There is a 36 positive allelons written there of posit- 36 one anotherings that we can study for ourselves. And it means this, doing to each other mutually and reciprocally. It means that when one person does one good thing to another, that person is expected to do that good thing 
back to the person. And it's a genius word. It's a wonderful plan that when well implemented, it brings unity in the body of Christ. And one anothering is indeed yeah, a genius concept. And uh, I really encourage us, churches, to practice it. I'm not going to go through the 36 alelans, but uh, you, you, go, you go ahead and, and study it for yourself. To, 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 to say a few, you know, it, it says there, accept one another, admonish one another, be devoted to one another, bear one another's burdens. That's one of my favorite there. Bearing one another's burden. And I guess the famous one is love one another. Now, let me share to you the two important keys to our one anothering. Thank you for the water. Kindness and sacrifice. So kindness and sacrifice. Kindness is an important ingredient to our unity, but we have to remember that kindness is an outworking of God's love in our lives, meaning that it is a direct result of our personal knowledge of God's love and kindness to us. This is why the Bible tells us God's kindness leads us to what? Repentance, right? And we know how to love. We love because he first loved us. So it is an outworking of your personal experience of God's love and kindness. It is an automatic response from us. Uh, and it is summarized in Jesus' word. He says there in Matthew 22, 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the, the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So this two-way response to God's love is best illustrated to us on the cross. If you see the cross, there are two planks of wood that are connected together. The vertical love, our love for God, and then our love for one another. And you cannot separate the two. If you say you love God, the acid test for your love for God is your love for others. And it, it, it is... It is automatically connected. It is connected that you cannot, you cannot remove one from the other or else it's not going to be love. It deconstructs. You cannot separate your love from God and your kindness to others. So we all can express our love for others in many different ways, right? Uh, I think that the word encapsulates, the word that encapsulates all this expression of love is kindness. That's why my first, my first point is kindness. But what is the difference between goodness and kindness? Can I make a little uh, study with you and uh, do a little teaching with you? The, the difference, we all have the capacity for good, correct? And if by default you mean all the good things for another person, then you are a good person, you know? And if you mean all the best things in the world for that person, you are a good person. However, when you started acting, when you started acting in your good intentions and best wishes for others, in order to see what you are desiring for that person will actually happen, that is kindness. And kindness goes a long way. It goes a long way, church. Do you know that in the gospel, in the gospel of the Lord Jesus, you, you will actually find the word extra mile? You know this famous word that we use all the time? Uh, it was coined from the gospel. 
It is a word we use when someone did something above and beyond, right? Beyond that is normally expected from a good person. But sometimes doing good, uh, what is beyond and over, sometimes it can be, uh, you know, from the world's perspective, it can be seen as an abuse. You know, that's why some people will draw a line from there, right? I, I, I'll be kind to you, but that's as far as it can, it can go. However, church, in the Gospels, we are commanded to show kindness not like the world does. We don't put a cap. We don't put a limit. It has to go above and beyond. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's not easy. When someone slaps you on the face, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Wow. Because this type of kindness, this kind of love and kindness is not like what you see in the world. It is what you see with the believers, with Christians, with children, with the children of the Lord. And there's even a Jew, Jewish proverb that says, when someone throws you a stone, throw him a bread. My, one of my, a uh, good brother of mine in the church, he said, what if I'm angry, pastor? I'm going to throw him a jar of bread <laughs> and break it. <laughs> and that's why it says in the Roman soldier, when the Roman soldier commanded you to pick up and carry his shield and sword, Jesus said, walk the extra mile. That's where it come from. That's where it come from. It's a principle of kindness that Jesus commanded for us to do in order to show a love like no other like nothing in the world. So when you sat with a person in the, in the hospital bed and you show, you've shown to be more than a good person, when you visited a grieving person in the, and, and, and just to sat with them and listen to them and to comfort them, you're showing a kindness more than what everyone else can do. When you drop off a grocery to feed a family in need, you've shown kindness like no other. When you cook someone a chicken soup because they're sick, that's kindness. I'll give you an example. You know, uh, uh, my, my senior pastor, my, my mentor, Pastor Ray, uh, when he visited Port Hedland, he, he shared this, this story of kindness that happened in, in, in the Woolies, in the shop. And he was, uh, he was out uh, of his way to, to, from the groceries to pay, to pay what to pay all these groceries. And there was this grumpy lady on the cash registry that seemed to be very good at what she's doing, you know? You <laughs> a bit grumpy. And then uh, she grabbed, the, she grabbed the, the thing, the, the groceries, a bit, a bit strongly, vigorously, <laughs> grab it, and then flip it to the other hand, scan, and bang. Grab another one, <laughs> a bit strongly, <laughs> flip it to the other, the other hand, scan, and bag. And then the next thing that happened, he grabbed the mayonnaise and then flip it. And uh, the next thing you know, the mayonnaise up in the air and splattered on Pastor Ray's uh, clothes. And uh, the lady was so embarrassed. She was so scared of the mistake she's, she's done. Kept on apologizing to Ray. And Ray responded this way. He said, don't worry, miss. 
if this is the worst thing that can ever happen to me today, I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man. And what Ray said is so very true. Hey, you know, I mean, we're, we still woke up this morning in our sound mind, in a good bed, breathing a good, a good air, and still cold in headland. Yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? Hey? I think that's a powerful word. When you, when you speak that to yourself or to others, if this is the worst thing that can happen to me, I'm a blessed man. Don't worry. And you know what? The lady, the lady's countenance totally changed. You know, with, with teary eyes, she said to Ray, Sir, I've been having a bad day. But thank you because you've made my day. And each time Pastor Ray goes to the woolly shop, you know what happened? The lady just beams. <laughs> she just beams with a smile. That's, that's what your kindness can do. But what is the most difficult act of kindness, you reckon? What's the most difficult act of kindness? Do I still have time there? How many minutes? Yeah. The most difficult act of kindness is loving your enemies. And you know what? We, we now live in the last days, right? If you believe, um, and I also believe, you know, what, what many pastors are saying nowadays, we're seeing the signs. We're living in the last days. And the, word we, the world we live in is increasingly becoming hostile, becoming difficult, because God's moral absolutes are slowly fading away in the background of relativism. And part of the reason is that those who are calling the shots nowadays are also in authority and in power to do so. In some parts of the world, it, it's more difficult, like in Canada. It is increasingly difficult to live as a Christian. I hope it would not be the same here in Australia, in our southern land of the Holy Spirit, right? But how do you love those who hate and still remain a witness for them. My suggestion is this. Let your love become even louder, stronger than the attacks that you receive. And you know what? The Bible says that you overcome evil by doing good. Romans 16. And also in Matthew 6, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds. And they will glorify the Father who is in heaven. You know, it's like the story of uh, Joseph. You remember, you remember Joseph? Joseph, who, were, who, was, uh, um, who was sold as a slave in Egypt. And Potiphar uh, bought him from, from slavery. And uh, seeing, because he saw that the Spirit of God is with Joseph... And everything that he does became a blessing. Potiphar gave him, uh, entrusted to him all his household. And one time, Mrs. Potty seduced him to come to bed. And what happened is that Joseph would always run away. It happened again on other occasions, but he was able to run away. And one time, Mrs. Potty caught Joseph's cloak. And so what happened was, was that he was falsely accused and he was thrown to prison. 
Church, what if you have been accused of evil for standing up to the truth? Does that happen sometimes? Yeah? What if someone has done you something bad or, or took something precious from you? You know, this happens to many Christians. It is the way for Satan to demoralize the church. But I suggest that you keep on loving and keep on being kind. For at the right time, you will see the hand of God. Blessing. So, what are the keys to unity? We have kindness. And the next one is sacrifice. That's my last uh, point here. Jesus spoke to his disciples in John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everything will, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Notice that Jesus gave a new command. Do you notice that? How did it become a new command? What is wrong with the previous command? If it's the greatest command, love the Lord your God with all your, and love your neighbor, why give a new command that trumps the previous one? Let me give you an explanation, just a quick one. The new command Jesus gave had a different standard. And the standard is no longer self, no longer yourself. Uh, you know, the previous one, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Your mind, your strength. And love your neighbor as who? Love yourself. It is the previous command. It, because it's based on the law. And the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses. Which tells us that apart from the law, we can do nothing. It's only by God's grace. That's why there is a new command. Now, it's no longer you who's the basis of loving God and loving others. It's now Jesus who is the standard, the basis of how we ought to relate to one another. Jesus set it on a higher plane. You no longer love your brother as you love yourself, but as Jesus loves you. Let me tell you how to love sacrificially. First, someone has to be it. What do I mean? If we, if, if we want to have unity, whether in the context of church, family, or organization, your team, someone has to be it. Someone needs to be willing to raise his hand and say, I'll be it. You know, when we used to be kids, any millennials here? Gen Z? I'm, I'm a Gen Z. Yeah? Do you still remember when we used to play outside? No phone, no, no, not too much screen time, right? But we enjoyed ourselves playing outside. You know why we enjoyed it, playing outside? Because there's someone is willing to be it. Can you imagine playing hide and seek outside without an it? <laughs> and I can't. I don't think I'm going to enjoy that one. So... I remember this one when I was a kid. I played hide and seek with my friends and with, with my cousins in the street. We were so upset with my cousin. You know why? Because we hid under the sewers like professionals. <laughs> All cobwebs in, in our face and stinky under the sewer. We waited there for an hour and no one showed up. The it is gone. And so, 
We came out and we looked for him. We couldn't find him. We went to his house and bang on the door. <laughs> Where are you? And he came out all bathed with a fresh powder on the chest and smelling good. We were so upset. Why did you leave us? <laughs> he said, Mom called me home. <laughs> we almost quarreled that day. You know, church, when we want unity in our family, in our team, in our church, and we want to see relationships to work, someone has to sacrifice. Someone must be willing to say, I'll be it. Amen? Amen. Church, are you willing to be it? Praise the Lord. Second, someone has to forgive. Why do you need to forgive? Because unity is expensive. It is costly. Someone has to sacrifice. Someone has to pay the price and be willing to forgive. True. You know, church, when we used to be young, we fight over little things like kids do, right? But now that we are grown-ups, people now fight over grown-up things too. And we can tell when someone has matured or has grown up. Because they, are no longer, they no longer care for the little things that little kids get offended. That's right. You know, like this uh, lady who posted on, the fa- on Facebook. He confided to her pastor and says, I'm so offended by my sister, he said. He did not, she did not remember my birthday yesterday. <laughs> and she posted, uh, you know, she, happy birthday to me on the Facebook. And uh, thousands of notifications came up. And her sister, she didn't see her sister there. And the pastor tried to comfort her, be patient, maybe she's just busy. No, she said, she should have remembered my birthday. The pastor asked, why should you say that, that she ought to remember your birthday? Because we are twins. (laughs) Yeah, of course, right? Of course. And you know what? When we are willing to forgive our offenses, when we are willing to pay the price of unity, God's blessing is released. Unity and harmony, church, is costly. Yes, someone has to pay the price. Someone has to sacrifice. They need to be right. You know, when, when the cost of the relationship is dearer, is greater than the cost of being right, you know what I mean? When the cost of family and being together is greater than our pride. You think about it. It wouldn't be hard to pay the price. Wouldn't be hard to pay the price. So church, are you willing to pay the price of unity? Thank you, Lord. If it will only work if you are willing to make it work. How do you, who do you need to forgive today? That's a good question, eh? Third, someone has to let go. You know, there was a man who confided to his pastor a true story. He was asking for prayer because he was very sad for the way things has turned out in his family. He said, 
You know, Pastor, when mom and dad were still alive, uh, we used to have reunion and gather in our living room, and we would um, enjoy this, the time. We'd just play game boards. We would joke with one another. We would, we would be so, we'd be laughing so hard, and we would just enjoy together in the living room. But now that mom and dad has already passed, we, all, we only see each other at the courtroom. Sad. But it's true. It happens. From living room to courtroom. You know, grown-ups fight about grown-up things too, right? It's sad, but it's true that we fight over properties too. We fight over position, over prestige, over pride. But if we want to see unity in our church, in our family, someone needs to make a sacrifice. Be willing to let go and say, I'll be it. I'll pay. I'll forgive. Amen, church? Praise the Lord. And let me speak to you prophetically. I know beyond a shadow of doubt that you want God's blessing to flow in your life, right? And your family and your church. And God gave a promise that he will command his blessing towards you. But there is a price to pay. Until unity is there, then you see God's blessing flowing. What's the price of unity? Our kindness and sacrifice to one another. Let me end in a story and then I'm going to ask Pastor, Pastor Brad to pray with you, to pray for you. If you like to respond on this uh, challenge, if you need to forgive anyone, if you need to be right with anyone, and you want God's blessing over your family, just raise your hand and Pastor Brad will pray for you today. Let's just, let me just conclude in a story of a wise mother. There's a mother who one, once had a problem with her two sons who's having a sibling rivalry. They would always fight over little things and one ends up crying and treated the other unfairly. So the mother had a great idea to solve this problem. She bought the kids their favorite choco fudge cake. And she opened the box in the front of the two sons. And because it's a small cake and only good for two people, the kids were so, you know, excited to take a slice and they're elbowing each other. I'm going to take the first one. As both of them wanted to, to get the bigger slice. But the mother had a good idea. She said to the oldest son, Son, you will be first. You will be the first to slice the cake. And your brother, your younger brother, will be first to choose a slice. Wow, a good plan, hey? The oldest brother would slice the cake, and the younger brother would choose the piece, the slice. You know what happened? So if it is, this is the table, the cake is here, the older brother took took a chair and stood up and above and, and you know, really measuring the cake 
perfectly and then sliced it slowly and perfectly and it was like perfect half and you know what it was the first time in the kids life that the two siblings have ever enjoyed eating together church when we are willing to forgive when we are willing to let go when we are willing to be it we are following on the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ who first loved us. He was the first to forgive. He was the first to let go. He was the first to say, I'll be it. And now it is our turn to sacrifice and make it happen. God bless you. the other mic. Pastor Millen, thank you so much. Wow, can we have another round of applause for Pastor Millen this morning? So good. What an awesome message. Unity, I love that. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning, church? Lord, we just thank you for putting on our hearts this morning people that we feel a burden towards or people that we maybe feel we're in a position that we need to forgive. I just want you to close your eyes for a moment, church, and just picture just think is there someone on your heart who God's saying you know what I've got something and I'm holding on to it we've all got someone in our world that we we can think back and go man I could have handled that better I could have done this situation better this morning I just want you to release that and just go you know what I forgive that person I forgive them maybe after church you can reach out to them give them a call give them a text Lord, I just thank you for your supernatural power this morning. I pray that you would release forgiveness into all of our hearts this morning. Now, church, there's a moment that we have every week, and it's a really special moment. It's for people who may have not necessarily known Jesus. Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe you've been in church your whole life, but you haven't given your heart to Jesus yet. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to surrender to Jesus and say, you know what? I want you to lead my life. I'm tired of living life my way. I want you to lead my life. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're someone who's never known him before. Maybe you're someone who you once knew him and you kind of fell away from church. You got disconnected somehow. Got disconnected from God. Or maybe you're someone who's known Jesus your whole life and you've been in community with him, but you just don't know if you're going to heaven. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray with us. If you're one of these people, I'm going to ask you in a sec to raise your hand. All you have to do is raise your hand. I'll see it. I'll acknowledge it. And you can drop it down again. It's that easy. With every eye closed. Thank you. I see you both at the back. Thank you. If that's you this morning, why don't you just pop your hand in the air? If you're someone who's decided, you know what? I want Jesus in my world. I want him in my life. If that's you, just pop your hand up in the air right now. If you're online, you can do this too. That's awesome. We're going to pray this prayer together this morning for the benefit of those who've never prayed it before. Would you repeat after me, church? It's, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Saviour of the world. I believe He died and rose again to forgive my sin and give me life. I receive your grace by faith come into my life make me new I'll follow you 
That's so good. Church, can we have a round of applause for anyone that just prayed that for the first time? That's incredible. If you did pray that for the first time, then we would love you to come and find us after the service. Please, we've got a, a pack for you with a Bible and some other bits in it. And we really just want to connect with you and help you on that journey. So if that's you, please come and find someone you've seen on stage. It could be any of us. Someone you see serving. Everyone knows where the stuff is. Please come and find us. We would love to help you on this journey. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing from our channel. And share with a friend because you never know who you're going to bless. You can also catch us live every Sunday morning at 9.30am Australian Western Standard Time. We'd love to see you there.